Here's what's coming up on this week's show. If you had a scale, most people would view success at the top and failure at the bottom. Well, let's just pause a minute. We're going to go for another Dean Fox analogy. This is... <laughs> I love it. This I'm going like, to start writing a book. becoming a thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The beat. Welcome to the Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Big Little Business Show. It's Paul Mumford over here, the lovely Claire Horsley over there. Before we go any further, whether you're listening to us for the first time or you've heard us before, don't forget to hit follow or subscribe on the platform you're listening to us on. It helps to big us up in podcast land and leave us a review too. Let us know what you think about the show, what you'd like to hear more of, what you'd like to hear less of. And that also helps to big us up in podcast land. Do I sound a little bit strange today, Claire? You do sound a little bit different, to be honest. I'm having a few... Um, Technical issues? <laughs> I think that's probably, I don't know, the best way to put it. Uh, I'm not going to go into any great details, but it has been a bit of a nightmare. As a result, the studio where I normally record from is out of action uh, while some building work's taking place. So I'm actually recording this from my kitchen. So if it sounds a bit kitcheny, which is actually a real word, then... That's not a word. Uh, uh, it is now, yeah. So mm. if it sounds a bit kitcheny, then that's because I'm in my kitchen. It's making me feel hungry. <laughs> the great thing about working in here, even though I've got two screens up and I've got all my stuff and my camera and my microphone and everything, I, if I want to make myself a cup of coffee, <laughs> it's just there. You just reach over. If I want to make myself a sandwich, it's there. Yeah, but surely that's a bit of a distraction though, isn't it? Because cause you can see the kettle. You might not want a cup of tea, but because it's there, you're going to make yourself one. I hadn't thought of that. I probably am drinking more coffee as a result of being down here, but hopefully not for much longer. So we're talking about a big topic today, something that I know we've covered in part before in the podcast, but I'm excited about this one. Yeah, it's such a big topic that there's so many different aspects to it. So yes, indeed, we're going to be talking about goal setting and how does goal setting work and why would we create goals and make goals for ourselves anyway? And more importantly, how do we achieve them? So many people set goals and then get no further you see that on social media every january don't you every january i wonder how many gym memberships are actually used past the end of january i mean yeah a lot of people say at the beginning of the year they're gonna you know new start new me but actually in reality how many of those goals are actually fulfilled there are actually some stats around that and i've read them before but i can't remember what they are but i think it's most people have forgotten their goals by the 21st of January or something like that it's around that sort oh, of time oh is that early yeah it really is that early <laughs> that's, that's shocked me that, as I was thinking of more April time but because I don't set goals in January I just... as and when doesn't matter does that have to be done in January it could be any time yeah for this episode we are going to be talking to Dean Fox and um, we're delighted that Dean Fox has come back onto the show um, Dean is a performance and mindset coach so I'm looking forward to hearing what Dean has to say this is the Big Little Business Show what is your own definition of a goal? Yes, I think that, um, you know, I've got a definition that I use for success. I think that, you know, we use goals as, as end outcomes, if you like. But for me, they're just, they're, they're almost like stepping stones um, towards, you know, what I call a bigger vision, if you like. So I, I prefer not to have what I call goals. I prefer to have end visions, if you like, Um and that's what defines my success. And I think I've said this before that my definition for that is that success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal. So, or ideal, you know, whatever it is that you're looking for. And so ultimately it's, it's about having um, uh, a vision, an end point for something that you, you want to bring to fruition. Um, 
And for me, anything below that, if you like, so I, I tend to set something, I usually work three years or five years in advance, and then I work backwards and I set the interim steps in order to define uh, if I will know if I'm on track, if you like. So they're all track points for me. But the goal uh, ultimately is my end vision, this this point at which um, I'm looking to achieve in the future. Actually, it's a very good point having those little interim steps as well to make sure you're on target for the goal because otherwise you could leave yourself susceptible to not reaching it but not actually realise that you are falling behind if you don't have those small targets along the way. Yeah, and I think it also gives, you know, I use it as an opportunity because I think that too many times we think we have to know all of the how um, so every step, if you like, and, and that's not always the case. You know, sometimes I set goals for myself, dreams, visions, and and, and I don't really know how I'm going to get there. Um, so you can have some of the steps, some of the interim things that you know might need to happen, but it's not necessarily the case that, that you, you will know how those things are going to come to fruition. And so um, having the steps allows you to know whether or not either you're on track or whether you can... Um, uh, you know, you need to, to change direction almost. So sidestep in order to to still continue towards where it is that you want to be. Yeah, I mean, I think there are three kind of people when it comes to goal setting. I mean, there are obviously the people who are doing it and are doing it really well and getting success from it. And uh, well, Claire talk about the second type of person, but I think the, the other type of person is the people who just don't bother doing this at all in business. Do you think it's an important task to do? And why do you think people just sort of don't bother doing it? I think there's a statistic that says that um, something like 95% of, of people don't set goals. Wow, as much as mm, that? That's a lot. Statistically, I think that that's what they reckon. So that if you think about the top 5% of, of anything, whether that's you know in any industry or any sport or anything like that, it's the top 5% that are, that are setting goals. Um, but I, you know, just touching on your point, Paul, about this idea of you know, different types of people, I prefer to talk not about goal setting. I talk a lot about goal getting because I think that there's there's this idea, if you like, that what or if as long as I set goals, then I'm I'm on the right track, if that makes sense. Um, and it's not just about setting them. You know, I, come January the first every year, millions of people set a new goal. Mm. Um, but but it's not. It's just the same year, same you, because they don't actually do anything. There's no action taken. It's just a setting of a goal. Um, and so for me, it's about not just setting it, but, but how do we go about getting it? I know what you're talking about there when January just seems to be the time where people say, right, time for change. I'm going to make that goal. But what happens to those people who set them? Why do they set them and then actually don't even touch it and do nothing more? Maybe it's a goal set and put in a, a folder, put back up the top shelf to get dusty till the next January. Why do you think that is? I think there's lots of reasons for it, but I think the, the, the biggest ones are ultimately the people it's not a commitment and this is what I talk about the difference between actually going for goals and just setting them for the sake of setting them is that there's no commitment to making it happen so you know it's the same as you know I talk a lot about things like the law of attraction and the missing piece in the law of attraction is the last few letters which is action and that's the same for goal setting you know people think I set the goal and therefore I don't have to have to do anything I saw a great post just recently that said that um, it's been 90 days since um, I joined the gym um, and uh, I'm going to go back this week and find out, you know, what's actually happening. Oh, I see. They joined and then didn't bother turning up at all. <laughs> yeah. And then, and I think that's what so lots of people do about goal setting is, you know, they, they, 
I often say jokingly that, you know, when you join a gym, you do have to accompany your payment every month. You know, you do have to go over there. <laughs> you don't just send. <laughs> yeah, nice to at least turn up. <laughs> accompany your payment. Yeah, but I think that, you know, people do that in general, you know, in life, but also in businesses. They set goals and then there's no real commitment to it. It's just a case of, oh, well, you know, it'd be good if we could do that or I'd like that at some point, but there's no real commitment to its to its achievement. A lot of people do exactly that and you see it all all over social media at the beginning of January where people say, I'm going to do this, this and this this year. And then you know full well, and the gym is a really good example, Dean, you know full well that 20, 30 days later, none of those things have even begun to start happening. So I wonder if people are a little bit fearful of setting goals because they think the goals or their goals are too big. So do you think it's a good idea to set goals that are achievable or just slightly out of your reach? You know, when we talk about goal setting, this is kind of one of my bugbears is that people often set goals um, based on, you know, the, the traditional acronym of SMART, you know, that the goal should be specific and measurable. And I agree with those, but then you get into the realms of, you know, achievable and realistic. And ultimately, if you're setting, in my opinion, if you're setting goals that are that you know are achievable, then they're not really goals. They're things that you already know that you can do. Hmm. Um, I'm not a big fan of that. I prefer to be setting goals. You know, one of my mentors, Bob Proctor, says that if you set a goal and it doesn't scare and excite you at the same time, then it's not really a goal. Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in that idea that, uh, that's why I said earlier on, sometimes you don't even know how you're going to achieve them. But, but I, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in setting goals that are beyond where you think um, your current capabilities lie. I was at an event that, that, Bob Proctor was running, where he he actually said that if you share your goal openly with four or five people and at least 70% of them don't laugh, <laughs> then it's not big enough. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Um, and I think it is important to stretch beyond your comfort zone, I think, for want of a better expression, uh, when it comes to goal setting. We know it works, but for those people who are a little bit sceptical, we need to work out perhaps why it works and why it's so important and why they should be doing this in the first place. Somebody who's setting a goal is, is, is ahead of somebody who isn't. So if you're not setting goals at all, then you're already, um, you're already behind the curve, if you like. If you're setting goals, then you've taken you know, at least the first step. Um, but I think you know, there's some steps to go beyond that. Setting a goal is one thing. Physically writing down the goal is another you know, that, that takes it into another level. If you can then use um, what I call triggers um, to help with, um, you know, visualizing and seeing the achievement of that goal. That's not Winnie the Pooh's friend, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, it's Tigger, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. That's Tiggers. Yeah. Get confused. Yeah. If we use triggers, so things like, for example, vision boards or goal cards, um, you know, aids and reminders that continually kind of, uh, allow you to um, focus uh, and, and bring you back to this idea of, okay, this is why I said that in the first place. This is what I'm looking to achieve. Um, then all of, you know, they, they, they're all steps that take you, your goal setting and getting to the next level, if you like. Um, so I think that yes, setting goals is, is good. Um, but, but if you start to develop it into what I call a proper goal getting um, procedure and process, you know, it, it takes things to another level. And undoubtedly it works. Otherwise, you know, the top 5% wouldn't be the top 5%. 
I can't believe so few people set goals because I would have thought that surely by having a goal is important for you to understand why you're doing what you're doing and ultimately what you're doing works in the first place because if you don't have any direction as to where you go it's I think I've said this before, it's like putting a, a going driving to it on holiday and not putting anything in the sat nav and just aiming for a country. <laughs> you can't ever get to your you can't ever get to your destination and uh, know where you're heading. Really. Or driving and forgetting where, how you got there in the first place. That, that, that often happens to me, but maybe that's a middle-aged thing. Don't answer that. That could be Don't if you have a that Tesla, clear. that could happen. Oh, yeah. Because a Tesla could drive does it itself. for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's no fun, though, is it? We want a real car with a real engine that you have to physically drive. Anyway, we're going off on tangents now. We're not talking about cars. Yeah, so as wondering are there any types of goals which are maybe better than others so are there certain goals that would be more powerful um you know than than others that may be more insignificant or is it purely down to the individual i think it's individual based but i think that you know those steps i talked about you know just making make setting the goal in the first place so you know there's there's an actual science if we if we want to you know delve a little bit deeper i suppose there's a science around goal setting for me, around goal achievement. You know, there are there are three levels of goal achievement. And this is where I believe most people fail when they're setting goals. Um, so the first thing is that level one of goal achievement, in other words, once you've done this, the goal is actually achieved, albeit only on this level. Um, and that is is the intellectual level. It's when we make the decision that that's what we want to achieve. So for any person who's saying, uh, this is what I'd like to do, whatever the goal is they've set themselves, it's already achieved on what I call level one, the intellectual level. To get from level one to level two, level two is the emotional level. You become emotionally attached to the goal. That's when I say the goal goes from your head to your heart. It's when you really understand that, as you alluded to, Claire, that why. You know, why am I doing this? What is it? What is it I really want? And you become, as you visualize it and you see the images that go with it, you become more emotionally attached to it. When you get to that stage, the goal is then achieved, albeit on level two. And the third and final level is what I call the physical level. In other words, when the goal becomes a reality. Now, the only difference between level one and level three is time. And you know, there's a, there's a universal law called the law of gender, which states that there's a gestation period for, for anything. If we were a farmer and we were planting some sort of crop, we would be able to tell the gestation period from the time at which we plant the seed to when the crop will manifest itself in reality, when it becomes whatever it was, potatoes or carrots or whatever. Now, the problem for goal getting and setting is that there isn't anybody in the world who can tell you the gestation period of the seed of your idea. In other words, when you decided you wanted to set that goal to its physical achievement. And that's why it falls down because most people are not willing to give it enough time. We set goals arbitrarily on nominal dates. So, you know, I'd like to achieve it in one year, two years, three years on my 50th birthday, you know, whatever it is, we pick a nominal date but we can never know whether that's actually the date or not. And you listen to, to people, you know, who've achieved huge things in their lives. Um, and, and I relay the stories often where people have taken, you know, we talk about overnight successes and people have taken, you know, 25 years to get to being overnight, an overnight success. And, and that's, we're talking about that gestation period. And that's a problem for me in goal setting is most people, are not prepared to give it the time that it would take for it to become a reality. 
they're just not prepared for that level of commitment. Yeah, it's really interesting uh, what you were saying at the beginning about creating a goal in your mind first. And it reminds me of an episode we uh, had just before Christmas with uh, author Michael Heppel, who's uh, written a great book called How to Be Brilliant. And he was talking about Muhammad Ali, uh, whose goal, if you like, was to be the greatest boxer that ever lived. Mm. But he was so certain that he was going to achieve it that he was telling people he was already there. Uh, and he went around telling people he was the greatest, not that he was going to be the greatest, that he was already doing it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he went on to achieve that. But obviously now we, we regard him as the greatest boxer that ever lived, partly because he was so convinced himself that he was and we might have at the time thought well that's a bit arrogant isn't it but he's literally just that's just law of attraction stuff dean isn't it absolutely but i also think that you know there's he people often refer to him as as you know um if you like the 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 initiator of kind of affirmations you know he he it was one of it's one of the most obvious ones that everybody refers to but the thing about i am the greatest was everyone talks about him telling the world but actually, you know, in relative, in real terms, what he was doing is telling himself. Mm. He was affirming to himself every day. Every time he said it, it just convinced him even more. Yeah, he was wearing the T-shirt, wasn't he? Absolutely. And that, and that for me is, you know, that's what I talk about. You know, when I talk about um, when we set a goal and then we we then take it from, you know, the intellectual level, I, I want to be the greatest in the world, to this emotionally connected level. You could see, you know, using him as an example, every time he spoke, you know, his whole body language, everything was geared towards, the, I'm emotionally connected to this. I will not rest until I've achieved this goal. Is this similar to um, when you visualise your, your, you carrying out your goal? So um, where sometimes people can be quite fearful of what they're about to do um, and, you know, get very anxious and worried about what the outcome can be. Actually, if you visualise yourself doing it and doing it in a really great way, that can actually also really help with your the psychology that you have around yourself and how able you are to actually achieve that. 100%. You know, I, I read something recently by, um, we were talking about Usain Bolt, and he said, you know, he he'd, the, when he when he broke the world record and ran 100 metres in 9.58 seconds, he he trained four years for that particular 10 second race. So he'd spent four every day for four years planning what he was going to do in that 10 seconds. But also on the day of the race, he said he must've run that race in his head thousands of thousands of times. So he almost knew exactly what was going to happen the second the gun went off because he'd, he'd rehearsed it over and over and over and over again. That's so powerful. And that's a really good tip uh, when it comes to setting goals is to set it first and almost achieve it in your head before you do it in the real world. And let's go on to talk about some other little things which can help people to achieve the goals they set out in their head. And I know you touched on one a little while ago, in fact, almost at the beginning of our chat when you were talking about having a big goal and then setting some stepping stones towards it, almost a bit like you're climbing a mountain, but you want to know which where you want to stop along the way. Uh, and I guess that's another really good way to manage um, the fact that a goal your end goal, if you like, is seems so unachievable, but the steps towards it are more achievable, perhaps. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I often say to people, if if I'm working with a client, for example, and we they set some huge goal at the end, what I call these big, you know, audacious goals, they they may not be able to see every step along the way, but they can probably see the first two or three. There's probably three things that anybody setting any sort of goal could probably look at right now and say okay, well, you know, what's three things that I can do in the next, you know, seven, 10, 
30 days that will take me a step closer to that. And I, and I use the analogy, you know, when you're driving at night, you can only see as far as the headlights. And then, you know, as you travel towards them, you can see a bit further. And so when you're saying, you know, when you've set this huge, big, audacious goal and you're not, not entirely sure how to get there or every step, if you set these smaller steps, when you've achieved one, you can usually see a little bit further. You can see what the next step might be or it might lead you to the next step. And that's, I believe, how you kind of take these steps when you can't see everything. I love that analogy. That's so good. Do you feel, Dean, that goals should be related to how you know, you're emotionally going to be moving forward with your journey because, you know, we say we're all very emotionally invested in our businesses. Should the goals be just business-based or should they be um, personal goals to you or should they link up or maybe neither? My strategy, the way that I do things is um, I look at five different categories when I'm looking to to set a new goal, if you like. So if I was setting a brand new um, goal, then what I do is I look at five categories and my strategy is that, um, cause I think that another area that people kind of struggle with sometimes is, um, what I call focus, you know, people will have a, a list of 15 or 20 goals that they want to achieve, which is, you know, that's great, but, but which one are you, which one are you going for? Because if you try and catch two or three rabbits, you, you'll go hungry. You know, you, you know, you're not going to get them. So you, you need to be focused. You, you need to be able to driven towards one. So what I do is I have five categories. Um, one is financial um, one is personal, so what do they want to achieve? One is um, lifestyle. Uh, what does that look like for them in terms of their life? One is um, contribution. You know, what do they want to contribute and give back? Um, and the final one is what I call general. So any any goal that doesn't fit in one of those four categories goes in the general. And my strategy would be to get each um, each person to fill at least at least four or five minimum in each of those categories. And then what we do is um, I rank those those goals in each category in order of priority. And then when I've got my number one in each category, I then rank them against each other so that I find my number one out of all of the goals that I've set. And that's where my focus goes. And the likelihood is, and having done this lots of times now, the likelihood is that you will achieve lots of the other goals on the way um, towards that one. But you've got to pick one, in my opinion. You've got to be focused on this is what it is for me. This is where my focus and attention needs to be. Yeah, I suppose a lot of, pe- a lot of people who uh, do this exercise and set out a series of goals, I'm sure you can see with people when they set goals out that there's almost the point where they all join up and they're all kind of one goal anyway, but just connects you to it, off yeah. on different tangents. Yeah, you know, the likelihood is if you, you know, that's why I set them in those categories. You know, if you've got, um, let's say your number one goal, so is, um, I don't know, let's say it's a personal goal. It's something that you personally want to achieve. You might have set financial goals. You might have set um, goals in, in the impact that you want to have. And you might have set some goals in the, uh, the lifestyle elements that will all, you know, be either be achieved or support what it is that you're trying to achieve personally. Um, and that's why I like to, to, to use those categories, but also to get people just to focus in and hone in on one of them. Because, be, you know, like I said earlier, the problem is you can have multiple ones and it's, it's, there's no problem having multiple goals so long as our focus is on, well, this is the one I'm, I'm, I'm focused on and on achieving or getting right now. So why do you think sometimes people don't, um, maybe start off and then don't fulfill the goals or maybe, you know, because it doesn't work, they don't continue with it, maybe stop at the first hurdle. Why do you, what do you think actually holds us back as business owners by putting those goals in place in the first place? I think there's, there's probably three areas for me. 
The first one is, is they don't give it enough time. We set goals based on, okay, this financial year, by my next birthday, by the time I'm 50, whatever it is. And then when that comes around and we haven't actually, you know, it, it, the, the goal hasn't been achieved on level three, as I said, it hasn't become a physical reality. We just go, oh, well, I, I didn't manage to achieve it. But that, that might not have been the gestation period. It might have taken three or four years for that to come to fruition. So the first one for me is people give up far too early. The second thing for me is that they, they make a start, they set themselves a goal, they'd like to achieve it, but actually what they believe, in other words, their own capabilities and the beliefs that they have about themselves keeps telling them that you're not going to be able to do this. And then whenever they hit the hurdle, it, it just it stops them in their tracks because the voice in their head is continually telling them, see, I knew we wouldn't be able to do that. And so they don't, they don't take any further action. And then the third and final thing for me is they don't actually get to any of those stages um, because I think there's, a, there's another stat that says that the average number of times somebody tries to achieve something is less than one, statistically. And that, and, and that means for it to be less than one, it means that most people don't even bother trying. They don't even get to the point where they actually have a go because of the fear that says, well, what if it doesn't work out? What if I fail? Because it makes them feel so uncomfortable, yeah. If you're trying to achieve something big, there are going to be bumps in the road and there are going to be points where you maybe question yourself a little bit. And those are the points, I think, when you need to dig a little bit deeper. And I know with myself when I've done this, sometimes I find it really beneficial to look back a little bit and think, okay, almost like, you know, we go back to the mountain scenario as, again, if you're trying to climb a mountain um, and then you look at the top and you think, oh, it's still so far away, but then just turn around and see how far you've got so far. And then that might be enough just to sort of, get you over that bump and get you further along the road. Yeah, it's a good analogy because I also use it, you know, if you think about if you were climbing, you know, Mount Everest, you think about the route that people take, you know, they, they, they set off and they, they climb to base camp, then they climb up so far and then they climb back down and then they climb back up again. And as they build this kind of strength, if you like, they build towards being able to to work their way up and they, they, they edge their way up. And at times they go up and then come back. And I think that it's a good analogy because the number of times we hit obstacles and there will be, as you said, bumps in the road and challenges. Sometimes that all that's required is for you to take that step back. It, it's just why well, I need to, I need to regroup. I need to build my, my strength, if you like. Um, I need to, I need to um, get used to this position where I am now and then I can build from here and then I can grow to the next level. What if we do fail? in our goals, where do people go from there? So if we haven't actually achieved what we set out to achieve, what's the best way to actually continue to move forward and you know maybe not get despondent about it um, and consider ourselves as a failure and then not bother anymore? Yeah, so I, this is another one of my huge bugbears. Um, people think that the opposite of success is failure and, and we've become conditioned that this term is a bad thing. But if you think about it, um, I often use this idea that if you if you if you had a scale most people would view success at the top and failure at the bottom of that scale well let's just pause a minute we're going to go for another dean fox analogy this is i love it this I'm is like, start writing a it's book. becoming a thing <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> dean fox analogies we know and love this is now number 43 the scales right, go. Yeah. <laughs> so if you, if you imagine this scale you'd have you'd have failure uh, success at the top and failure at the bottom but that's not really the way it is because you know, if I let's just imagine if I'd set my let's say my big goal, my success, if you like, would be to um, to build a, a million dollar business. 
what if I what if I don't do that and I only build a, a half a million dollar business? That, in my terms, that means I've failed to achieve what I set out to do. But is that success or is that failure? Because somebody else, if I said to somebody else, "Oh, um, you know, my, I, we built a half a million dollar business," they might say, "Wow, that's amazing! How successful are you?" So the problem with success and failure is they're not opposite ends of the scale; they're just variations on the same scale. So what I de deem to be failure is someone else's success. And so because it's only perception-based, I think too many times we, we use this word failure and say, ah, oh, well, that, you know, that, was, that means I can't do things. That means I'm not going to be able to move forward. That means I've, you know, what will other people think of me if I haven't achieved what I set out to achieve? Hmm. But like Paul said, you know, climbing the mountain, how many people, if they didn't make it all the way up Everest, how many people would say, well, yeah, but look how far I did climb. Not very many. Most people are just based on, well, if I didn't make it to the top, then that's a failure. There can only be, for me, there can only be two reasons for that. One is you haven't given enough time to get to where it is that you want to be. Because if you kept doing what you were doing over a period of time, you could get there. Or you um, currently, for whatever reason, you don't have the, 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 the skills and abilities to be able to get to that point. And therefore you need to, you need to add something. You need to bring somebody in. You, you need to bring a coach, you know, you need to, um, you need to learn some new skills or you need to grow in a particular part of your life or business in order to be able to take that next step. Richard Branson said that, you know, when he dreamt up the, the Virgin Galactic um, space program, it came from him sitting in his hammock, looking up at the sky and just saying to himself, you'd think it would be possible for, for, for me to have, to be able to go into space at some point in my lifetime. You'd think that would be, I think that would be possible. Now he had no idea what the steps would be to get there and whether or not, you know, he was going to be physically able to do it. And yet, you know, whenever it was last week, um, and then you've got Jeff Bezos did it the week after. And so I think that, you know, when we, when we talk about success or failure, we, we're too hung up on the words as opposed to what is it I'm looking to achieve? What is it I'm looking to get? And who am I looking to become on the way to getting that? We don't get what we want. We get who we are. There are lots of really good examples of this in there of people who have, um, for want of better expression, failed multiple times and then had success. But the one that really sticks in my mind, uh, just because I know his story so well, because I'm a big fan, is David Bowie. Um, it actually took him 10 years uh, before Ziggy Stardust, which is the big album that broke him. Uh, and he was writing songs. He had publishing deals. He wrote songs for other people. He had different bands. He had different uh, record labels pick him up and drop him along the way. He failed multiple times um, before he succeeded. Um, but you can guarantee if he's still alive and well now and you could ask him, I bet he didn't see any of those as failures. 100%. And, and the other thing is that it goes back to our point. It's a, it's a great example of our point about, you know, the law of gender, and, you know, the time frame that, that people need to give because who would have given up by 10 years? Now, we've picked up on a few things that are really useful um, and I hope people will be making some notes about some of the things that we can do to uh, make sure that our goals we achieve for us, our goals we set for ourselves are successful for us, whatever our definition of success is. So let's have a bit of a recap, sort of maybe three tips to make sure that people um, achieve what they set out to achieve. First of all, set goals, because, <laughs> you know, as I said earlier, a lot of people don't. 
you need to decide what it is that you want. You need to be have some clarity, spend some time on it. It's not just a case, I don't think, of saying, well, this, you know, this is something I'd like to do in the next however long. Try and be as specific and clear as you you can about exactly what it is that you want. You know, using that satnav analogy, if you want to visit somewhere specific, if you just put the country in the satnav, your chances of finding that place are, are fairly limited. Um, you could put the city in. And it'd be a bit closer, but again, you could spend hours or days driving around a city without finding what it is that you wanted. But if you put the actual street in and the city and the country, then you, you the satnav will take you directly there. The second thing for me is using those triggers, whether it's photographs, whether it's something that you've got written, um, a statement of what it is that you want and how you'll feel when you've achieved it, in order to help you trigger that continued commitment, that continued reminder of why you're doing what you're doing. And the third and final thing is, you know, don't ever, ever, ever quit because nobody can tell you what the gestation period is for the achievement of the goal. Um, and so once you've said it, just keep going until it, until it becomes real. As ever, fantastic, Dean. Some really good, really useful, workable information uh, that people can pick up and run with uh, when they're setting themselves goals. Now, we'll mention this later on uh, when we wrap up, Claire, but uh, Claire and I are going to take a little bit of a break over August, although we're not going anywhere in podcast land. We're still going to be doing podcasts over August, but we'll let you know what we've got planned in August. But come September, when we come back to our full-length episodes, Dean's going to be joining us as a monthly special guest. Now, if you've listened to Dean over the last uh, 20 minutes, half hour or so, uh, you'll know that he loves a little bit of a story or an analogy. It's almost like, um, if you remember the little program Jack and Ori, when the, yeah, the guy used to sit down and present a children's story and it always used to have a little bit of a moral or a little bit of a, there, there was an also a little bit of a meaning at the end. So uh, once a month, Dean's going to come on the podcast and he's going to share one of his great little stories to make us think and hopefully to make us a little bit more positive and you know, to achieve more in our small businesses. So we thought we'd wrap up, Dean, by asking you to share one of your little stories. I've got my cocoa <laughs> and I'm sitting here in my slippers and I'm ready to go, Dean. So I have to start by saying, are you listening carefully? Uh, yes. Oh, you've, you've got to do that. Yeah. Was that listening with mother? <laughs> I can't remember. A businessman who's very, very successful, built a, built a huge business, uh, decides to take a vacation and he goes to this amazing resort, gets up early one morning, has his breakfast, and then he's, he's out walking along the beach. And um, he, he, he's out for a few hours, just taking in the scenery, just, you know, what a beautiful place. And he comes across a small fishing boat with a fisherman sat um, just next to it. And uh, he approaches the fisherman and uh, he says, well, it's a beautiful day and a really calm, uh, you know, calm sea. Why are you not out um, fishing? And he said, well, the fisherman says, well, I... I've been fishing this morning. I was out early and I'm back. And the businessman says, well, but, but what will you do for the rest of the day? And he said, well, I'll probably kind of sit and relax here for a while. And then maybe later on today, I'll go into the village with my wife and we'll, we'll have some, some food and then we'll have a bit of a siesta. And then we, we'll, we'll probably enjoy the evening entertainment and then, you know, we'll retire. The businessman says, well, but, but think of all that waste of time. You, you could be back out there now, still fishing. You could catch even more fish. The, the fisherman says, and, and, and why would I do that? He says, well, then you could, you, you could make more money. So you'd be able to sell more fish. And the fisherman says, and why would I do that? He said, well, then you'd be able to buy a second boat. 
and then you could bring someone else in and you could have two fishing boats going out and you bring more fish in and then you'd make more money. And the fisherman says, well, why would I do that? He says, well, then you could develop your business and, and, and end up with a fleet of fishing boats. You could open a canning factory, um, you, you could employ lots of people and then you could um, be able to make even more money and supply more fish to the world. And the fisherman says, and why would I do that? He says, well, then you could get to a point where you could um, you know, retire, take some time, spend some time with your wife, you know, sit on the beach. And the fisherman just nodded and said, like I am now. That's great. I might get a little bit fancy with my production. Uh, so if you're listening to just heard, if you just heard Dean's story and you've heard maybe some seagulls and some waves lapping across the sand in the background, that you'll know I've gone to town with production. <laughs> I bet you can't wait to do that. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. I thought, what, what, what sound effect can I put in here? <laughs> thanks for joining us, Dean. And thanks for sharing some great tips and another one of your great stories. Uh, looking forward to hearing another one when we're back with our full episodes in September. In the meantime, if people want to come and find you chat with you find out more about what you do or maybe even learn some more from you where can they come and find you so you can get they can find me on all the social media channels um so facebook instagram clubhouse i'm at dean fox coaching um or they can get me on my website which is deanafox.com this is the big little business show the podcast with bigger tips for small business you know, I love Dean's little stories. I know. I just, I just Captivating is the only word I can think. It just... I, I hang on to every word. And he's got such a lovely voice as well. I could listen to him forever. I love it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to being creative with my sound effects when Dean joins mm-hmm. us back in September. He'll have another little story at some point in September with... Uh, uh, a special little message on the end and um, well actually that brings us nicely on to the fact that we're well I said we're going away for a month but we're not really going away at all are we? <laughs> no we're not we're not going anywhere but um, we will be having some time to ourselves over the six weeks holiday Paul's going away you're going away I'm going away but we won't be going anywhere we're, we're all, all going, going away, away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah but we're not all going away together but it, I mean it, it has been um, we've been doing this podcast now since June last year and in all of that time, we've only ever taken one week off for Christmas. So I think we both deserve a bit of a holiday. And there's a lot of people going away and really enjoying a holiday this summer, albeit maybe in the same country. So that's what we're doing this year. And this August, as a result, we're going to press pause, but we're going to do lots of little shorter episodes. And it gives us a good opportunity, Claire, to answer some of the questions that listeners have been asking over the last year, uh, which we you know, really haven't done anything with up to now. No, so we have been listening when people are asking questions and uh... Um, yeah, we're looking forward to breaking this down into some mini episodes for you so we can address some of the um, commonly asked questions. Of course, we have our other regular guest on every month. Of course, it's becoming a bit feature-rich, this podcast. Uh, Adam Daniel is our regular bookworm. He's been on with us since the beginning of the year, picking out some business and self-development books every month for you to read. And if you're going on holiday, well, check out this little lot. Welcome to this month's book review. And I have three fantastic books to share with you. The first one of these books is Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. And this book is extremely powerful. And I would recommend that each and every one of you gives this a read. It is Viktor Frankl's story of his struggle for survival in Auschwitz and other Nazi concentration camps. And it offers us an avenue to finding greater meaning and purpose in our own lives. And there was one particular quote that stuck out to us reading the book. 
When we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. The second book that I read was Adam Grant's Think Again. Now, Adam Grant is certainly out there on the social media circuit at the moment. He's an organizational psychologist. He's exceptionally bright, yet he has a knack of making the complex very simple and understandable. Therefore, this is a must read for anyone who wants to create a culture of learning and exploration. He challenges us to continually question old assumptions and embrace new ideas. The insights of this brilliant book are guaranteed to make you rethink your opinions and your most important decisions, which are critical for anyone in business. The third book was Good to Great by Jim Collins. Now this book has been around a while, yet really does have some great business lessons in there to read. Some great tips, some great insights. And again, this comes from research. It's looking at some of the best businesses in the world and how they were once good companies, yet what did they do to become truly great companies? And regardless of the size of your business, there are so many takeaways in this book that you can apply to your business. And the one that stands out for me is the hedgehog concept, which I've used for a long, long time. So definitely check out this book if you're looking on working on your business. There you go. Those are my three books for this month. Enjoy reading them. Let me know what you're reading and keep reading until next month. So thank you very much for listening to our show today. That brings us to the end of this episode. To find out more about any of our previous episodes and what we have going on at The Big Little Business Show, you can find us on Facebook, The Big Little Business Show, or on LinkedIn, and also our website, biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk. Yeah, and you can keep in touch with what we're doing over August as we pull out our little short episodes uh, until we're back with a full-length episode in September. Uh, and keep in touch with us over August by uh, subscribing to our little newsletter, which we post out every Friday now. And you can get that by going to biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk. And we're all done. Have a lovely August and um, enjoy the short episodes. We're not going anywhere really, but we kind of are. And goodbye. <laughs> Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Big Little Business Show with Paul Mumford and Claire Horsley. You can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show. Big Little Business Show.